second installment of Sound for Thought, a podcast by Redefining Records that explores why musicians enjoy wasting their time making noises. I am your host, Andrew Schultz, and in this episode, I chatted with the unmistakable Robert Sandless, and we cover a lot of really good stuff, including his obsession with harmonizing, his love of Weezer and craft beer, and, of course, his most recent musical project, Spurts, among other things. Most interestingly of all, he explains why he makes music, and it is extremely endearing and honest, in my opinion. So, worth listening to. Um, As is tradition through exactly one episode of this show, we're going to listen to some music before and after the interview to give you perspective on what our guest does. And so, before we get started with the interview... We're going to listen to the original track by Spurts, which is the saddest thing I've ever heard.
Hello. What's up, Robert? Uh, nothing much. Thanks for coming on the show. You are episode number two of Sound for Thought. Oh man, the silver medal. Yes. Um, you're second best. You'll never be the best, but it's okay. But I'm close. I'm close. Yes, you're close. You put a lot of effort in and people, your parents are proud of you. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect segue <laughs> into parent parents. Um, so, I mean, I basically want to start by asking you about your early musical experiences. So did your parents play music in the house? Uh, not really. Uh, like, uh, my parents were like, they played a lot of church music. Um, my mom played piano for her choir for a bit. Um, I was kind of forced to do choir whenever I was like in third grade, third grade to like fifth grade. Um, okay. did choir. I did a lot of musicals too. Um, but nothing, nothing rock music related, nothing remotely interesting. If you ask me, uh, my parents are yeah. still in the vein of like uh, calling rap music like garbage. Like, I don't understand rap music. And then they also are in the vein yeah. of like, I don't know, just thinking that uh, certain acts in the 70s are too, like, uh, like anything post the Beatles is too heavy. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, I get the vibe you're, you're, describing but i mean there is something interesting to doing choir at a young age i would say do you do you think it had any impact on you like going forward i'll say it affected like not per se my time in choir but my mom's interest in choir definitely affected my taste for harmony in the sense that like anytime she was listening to music in the car uh which she was listening to kkiq your hometown radio station Hmm. uh God, I hate cake. Oh, I hate cake IQ so much. Shout out. Um, <laughs> but she, like, if she was listening to that in the car, she would be like singing the harmonies. Um, she, she had a really good ear for finding the harmony, okay. and I picked that up from her, kinda, or at least I got the gene from her. Um, uh, so because I, I yeah want to add as much harmony to everything as possible. Yes, you do. I remember that about you in the brief time that you were drumming for yeah. frisian i just remember the first few sessions you were like all right i gotta get a harmony in here on the chorus and i was like oh hey the thing is is like i was way too ambitious anytime i drum for a band i, I always get way too ambitious like oh yeah i can do a harmony drum, whatever <laughs> and then i instantly i'm like yeah. that was a mistake like as i start doing the harmony because uh, i'm such yeah. a such an uh, awkward clunky drummer that like uh, I can't hang with the beat. It's it it starts to lag or push if I'm if I'm doing a harmony. Yeah, I mean that's like a super hard thing for anybody to do. Even an experienced drummer, I feel like when you can do vocals and drum, that's like another level of multitasking. Um, more so than like playing a guitar and singing. It seems it seems more challenging to me. But maybe that's just because well, I'm not a it's drummer. It's inherently rhythmic and like you can fuck up the yeah. rhythm a bit in a guitar and it will just get lost in the band. Like, Oh, okay. Like no one notices cause the guitar is not like a main rhythm instrument normally. Um, but yeah. drums, you make a mistake. Like that's going to fuck up everybody. Yes. So true. Too much pressure. That's why I play bass. There's no pressure. Nobody knows when you mess up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so at what point did you start getting into rock music? I mean, that's obviously a broad term, but what 
what was the beginning of of music you actually liked? Um, I mean, uh, standard going through a classic rock phase, you know, in sixth grade, after, like post discovering Guitar Hero. That's always everyone's Beautiful. favorite. Yes. Um, post the classic rock phase, it then went into a short punk pop phase before back to classic rock before I found like Weezer. Um, okay. And then I was like, so into Weezer in high school. I want to be Weezer. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, so my, my high school band was essentially a Weezer cover band. It was called I trust Emily and we could play every Weezer song from the first two albums. Um, that's it was, awesome. It was excessive to say the least. I mean, that's sometimes just how it starts though. I mean, I was, me and Aiden were just talking about how our, college band frisian was basically an lcd sound system cover band uh, i listened to the, that whole podcast i don't know if that's entirely true i mean not entirely but, but yes <laughs> it was like when you're in it you feel the heavy influence um so i can relate to that feeling at least yeah it was a lot of weezer um post weezer i don't know it's got all sorts of random shit um yeah now i like have i weirdly find myself listening almost exclusively to people I know, which is kind of weird. Well, that's like really awesome. I mean, I feel like I'm actively trying to do that more, but it's obviously like hard to, sometimes it's hard to do. I mean, it depends on who your friends are yeah. and how good they are at making music, but it's like so awesome to support like independent musicians rather than just listen to the, to the top hits. But I was talking to um, a friend not too long ago and he told me that like, he was trying to give me a compliment. He was like, I actually really like your music. And that's saying a lot. Cause like, I actually never listen to my friend's music. Like I don't. Like doing yeah. It. Um, but I don't know. I feel the opposite. Like I, some of my friends, like I'll be honest, I'm not saying who they are, but some of my friends make music that I think is like pretty, not great, but I still yes. listen to it because I'm like that. You did that. That's so cool. You did that. Yes. Um, so I find myself like actually listening to, songs i don't particularly like but just because my friends made them and that means so much more to me um and i may be yeah. in a weird i may be alone in that in that uh obsession but i do that i i don't think so i mean I, you're definitely um definitely unique in that you do it often i mean i think we've all i think i guess we've all had i think the thing you're unique with is that the fact that you still listen to it despite not liking it just purely based on the fact that you're proud of them. Whereas like most people will listen to it once because of that. They'll be like, I'll check it out because you're my friend and I'll be like, Oh, yeah. cool. Um, but if I don't like how it sounds, it's, uh, you know, I forget to come back to it. Yeah. I keep coming back to it just cause, um, I always like asking questions about it. Just like, Oh yeah. Where did you record this? Like, what is this like weird like what i don't know asking about i ask a lot of the production questions like where do you record this what was this sound how did you make this sound blah blah blah. um yeah so anytime i'm if i'm expecting to see someone at a show then i'll listen to their their whatever release and then get to talk to them about it well that's that's really cool i mean especially when you're making music those are the things i mean you know when you record music how much effort goes into it um so that's that's kind of the fun yeah. stuff to talk about, really, when you're recording your own music, because um, you know how many freaking hours go into each song and each little bit of song. It was kind of funny. I was thinking about it the other day. I never really had 
a proper appreciation for like an album as a whole when I was younger because, you know, and there still is this idea of like that an album just has some filler songs um, a lot of times. And I'm like, after yeah. I like worked on my own music, I'm like, I cannot imagine there's any way that an artist ever intended for there to be filler songs. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that for like the vast majority yeah. of people we'd listen to like i think filler songs exist in like the pop echelons yes when they're not writing their own music yeah um but yeah the idea of any song being like a throwaway song that just like oh we need another song in the album i feel like is exceedingly rare among people who actually are writing their music yes exactly if you give a shit about what you're doing and you care about what you're doing there's just like no way you wouldn't put out your best work yeah i wonder uh like I'm actually I'm so glad I didn't do this, but I wonder if what the time would have been if I if I tallied up all the time I spent producing, recording, mixing, remixing, re-recording, Ooh. reproducing just the the four <laughs> real songs on that Spurts EP that exists. Yes. Uh, if I tallied that up, oh my god, it would be so depressing. Cause it was just, yeah, I don't think you want to know that. <laughs> yeah, it was just night after night after night of me being like, that's shit, try again, and re-recording, re-recording. Um, so it's, it's, and it's an exhausting process, and I couldn't imagine doing that first song that I wasn't fairly stoked on. Yeah, and I think most people would agree that you're never really done with that process. It's like you oh, gotta yeah. just, you gotta just reach a point where you kind of just say, all right, that's, that's good enough. Generally, pretty much every recording I've ever released, I have given myself a stupid deadline by mm-hmm. contacting the guy. I, I, I pretty much use one guy for my mastering engineering stuff. And I always contact him like way before I'm done. And, yeah. I will, and then I will be like, yo, I'll get this to you next week. And he's like, cool. And then that gives me a deadline. I'm like, fuck, got to do it by next week. Yeah. So like on the spurts thing, I was literally, I re-recorded part of one song the day I sent it to him for mastering, I re-recorded nice. it and it was like pretty, a pretty huge change. Um, and I was like, all right, we're just, I'm going with it. Let's do it. And then I sent it off. Um, and I try not to look back because most of the time I don't really, after I put it out there, I don't yeah, listen to shit because I, it would make me sad. <laughs> yes. I I'm similar. Once, once I've put it out or once it's like, been completed the mastering's been done then i will i'll let it i'll move on um i like but, coming back to my recordings i come back to them a year and a half later or something and i'm like that was actually pretty cool yeah i mean it's obviously especially with stuff you didn't finish you you hear things differently and you could maybe um add some stuff or do it differently yeah um so what what mood leads to the best songwriting for you? Do you write better when you are depressed or when you're super happy or when you're in love? Um, well, uh, my, this is, this is going to sound so dumb, but I don't mean this. Uh, that's what I want to hear. I, I write in spurts. Like that's, uh, uh that, you said like, it. <laughs> it's like super not actually where the name comes from. It kind of is a nice rationale for the name, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I I honestly I haven't written a song. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't written a full song in like three months. Um, but okay. like 
I'll just go through the, I don't know, my writing process is nonsense. It's like, I will write down, mainly, I write words first before music, about 90% of the time. Okay. And it's, I write down a collection of phrases and like my, like my notes on my phone or like in a notepad I have somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just write down a bunch of random phrases and then I get really drunk one night and then I start singing those phrases while slamming on a guitar up until I find a melody that I like. <laughs> and then what I do is I record, I record like that 30 second clip of me like singing that phrase uh and then i let that sit and then i let that sit on my phone in my phone memos for like way too long and then i repeat that process and then i smush those phone memos together and and i i I label them more or less by like general idea and then i can smush the general ideas together till i have a song uh okay that's like it's weird and it's not normal and it takes forever um yeah but that's how i general that's how i get most of my songs it's extremely rare that i sit down and write an entire one through like beginning to end yeah i mean i can relate to to some of that um i mean i use phone memo recordings as well it's a little less there's less of a process i kind of just do whatever it could be it could be a melody or it could be a guitar part or or whatever and then i never i never smush them together or have any intention with them but that's how I. That's how I remember ideas that I've had. So I can relate to that part at least. Um, I am. I am extremely upset because I. I had had all the memos on my all the voice memos on my phone. They had existed from two thousand late two thousand sixteen. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. So in two thousand. 17 at some point i had a scare where it was like they disappeared and i was like i lost them all but i was able to get them back like i plugged my phone into my computer and i was like they're back i'm like okay i'm not gonna complain um and i just got a new phone two months ago and i lost everything uh Uh, it's not on my iCloud i can't find everything anything at all so realistically that means i lost like not exaggerating i probably lost I probably lost like between 15 and 18 songs that were like pretty much done. And what sucks is because they're so old, so many of them I've just been sitting on for forever. I'm like, I'll work with that some other time with the band. Yeah. I don't actually remember most of them. Oh, totally. So I like lost years of work just this other month, which is infuriating, Mm. but you know, that is super sad. Yeah. Um, I have one piece of advice for you. It may not help you, but I, I, like I said, I use voice memos also. And at one point, I don't, I mean, I didn't lose anything, but I remember like not seeing something on my phone that was on my laptop and I was confused. Um, and I realized that a lot of my, um, or some of my voice memos were being like basically saved to my like email account somehow, okay. like some sort of like connection to the email account. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, what Apple. You could look into it. it. <laughs> yeah, there's some weird shit. Um, so that is super depressing, though, and I feel bad about hearing that. Yeah. Well, I still have. There's still uh, a cache of spurt songs that will be released that like have been worked out with bands um, mm-hmm. that uh, have not seen a proper recording yet. So that those will still be coming. But like, 
the batch after them uh, those are gone yeah <laughs> uh, well i don't know i guess there's maybe i'm just trying to be optimistic but there's sort of like a haunting beauty to the idea of like the song that never gets made um that is just like some childhood idea that like will only ever exist as such and will never be like to- pounded into existence <laughs> do you listen to the mountain goats at all no i don't I know John Donnell is the guy. He's the Mountain Goats guy. Okay. And he, uh, his first, I don't even know how many Mountain Goats albums were just like, it was just him like screaming into a a tape recorder. Like it was absolute garbage. It was like he used to have an old um, like boom box where you could record a tape in it. And the Mm -hmm. first, at least the first five or six Mountain Goats albums are him just like yelling into that. It's like lo-fi garbage. But I remember wow. watching an interview with him being like, oh, yeah, I recorded way more than that. And I just threw him out because I hated him. Uh, and he was talking about he's like, I like the idea that like maybe in some landfill out there, my recordings still exist. <laughs> it's like, you gotta go find <laughs> them if you want them. That's where it truly belongs. <laughs> <laughs> be a hardcore fan to go and dig those out. That would be funny. That sounds like a that sounds like the plot to a documentary. It sounds like a plot to a to a very weird like Seth Rogen esque movie. Yes, I could see that too. More like a James Franco like I don't know. There's stoners who are huge fans of something. I don't know. I'm not a screenwriter. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Maybe one day. Um. So t- so tell me, Robert, mm-hmm. on on your list of priorities, where where does it's two part question? It's kind of like where does music fall for you, and where does spurts fall for you? Like, is this project a, a big priority in your life? Is it the main priority? Oh, uh, no. It okay. is like... Explain. Oh, it's so far down to the bottom. Um, I don't know. Um, I have, like, you know, rent to pay and, like, a career to maybe plan and, like, a girlfriend and, like, friends and, like, all those things. And, like, I loved the idea of post post-graduation being like i'm gonna go be a rock star and like whatever Mm -hmm. but um that's just not life and i like as much as i love making music it's like i'm never going to make money doing it and no one's ever gonna pay really attention so i'm totally doing it for myself um okay in fact like just the idea of talking about it like this much makes me feel stupid (laughs) like because it's so it's so like whatever to me um Okay. But I don't know. It's it's something that like makes me happy to do, so it's a priority in that sense. Like if I don't play a show for more than a month, that kind of bums me out, and if I don't um if I'm not recording something within if I'm not putting out a recording every year, that'll bum me out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a really low priority cuz I have, you know, life I wish yeah. it was a higher priority in the sense that like I wish I could see an avenue of it being useful, but it's just not. It's just like a thing I do. Um I have no illusions about music. Um yeah, it's just a fun thing. All right. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's you know, I kind of am surprised to hear you say that. I felt like as long as I've known you, you've seemed you've seemed like one of the most active like musicians in terms of like always recording, always playing shows. Um, 
and I've always um, admired that, of course, but also thought I thought perhaps your drive was to you know turn it into something more than just a hobby. And this is not to like say that in any kind of negative way. Just like my perception was off. I well, guess. I mean, at some point, probably in college, it was that was like the idea. It's like, oh, I could like, yeah, oh, I could make a career out of recording people, or oh, I could make a a decent amount of money in my twenties, just like touring and shit. Um, but I don't know. Uh, really, my goal is to have any time I have someone I don't know stumble across a recording and like give it a listen just like one listen like that's my goal like my 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 goal is incredibly low low um yes like this is a while this is a perfect example it was from a while ago but like probably like a a year and a half ago or so it was yeah it was about a year and a half ago some guy i guess stumbled across all the this is napoleon recordings on camp um and then bought every every recording which he shouldn't have done because wow. uh, <laughs> there was an ep that was just a duplicate on an album so he paid for money he he paid for songs he already bought and then he also bought a collection of demos he shouldn't have bought uh but he paid for each one wow. like it was like seven bucks each he paid me and i just like whoa i just got like a unexpected 40 to 50 bucks right there um and yeah. I sent him a message. I was just like, I was at a bar whenever I got that notification and I, I got his email uh, from his purchase. And so I sent him a message. I was like, hey, man, thanks for paying for this beer I'm drinking currently. Uh, and then he was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, hopefully in the future, all your beers will be like paid for by your music. Um, but like that was like that's the yeah like that oh, is the really pinnacle sweet. of like what i'm looking for like i have no idea who that guy is out there um it's a random ass story but like that's that's the motivating factor if someone paid like cared enough about the shit i made in my bedroom to pay me 50 bucks that's so cool <laughs> that's amazing actually yeah um, that's a super cool story. I mean, I, I related even to the first thing you said of like, even one like stream from somebody is like kind of incredible that like something you just made on your own, like somebody took the time yeah, to listen to. I have a, I have a buddy um, who like has quite a few streams and last time I haven't talked to him a long time, but last time I talked to him about it, he was like pretty down on himself. He's like, Oh my God, only got like 20,000 streams. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, oh my you're God. doing fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you not understand that's 20,000? thousand people out there i guess less but like that's twenty thousand listens of like of something you did in your garage like that's fucking awesome like that's amazing yeah i was i was with you where like if i get like three yesterday i'm like holy shit three people listened to this yesterday (laughs) yeah it just feels good part Um, of but i I was gonna say part of why i'm like that too is i'm so social media averse that I know that this business result like totally revolves around self-promotion. And I think that's just the shittiest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't have a Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. I be- still begrudgingly have a Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I refuse to be someone who's like a slave to notifications and like always thinking about like, Oh, this is the time to make a post. Like, Oh, let's take a good photo. I think, I think it's so dumb. And so I know that, if you're ever going to make it in this industry, whether that be as an artist or as a, uh, like a producer or 
guy who records, you have to constantly be like repping yourself. And that seems like so shitty to me yes. that I just don't take part. Fun fact, there is a Spurts Instagram now yeah. and I don't manage it. My girlfriend manages it. Um, I don't uh, really know what takes place on that. <laughs> like on Instagram, occasionally she'll be like, oh, you got a <laughs> message you need to respond to. And then I'll just dictate to yeah. her. Like it was like the other day there was one. It was like, oh, we want you to play this thing. And I was like, okay, send them like a request for the details. Um, but like, I have no interaction with the spurts Instagram. I don't do the spurts Facebook. Like it's, that's yeah. why I, I am totally content whenever I just only get like one. Cause then I know that, that one was either found super naturally, just like through scrolling through Bandcamp or, spotify or something or it was one of the random posts that was done by my social media lackeys but like uh at least i didn't have to do it <laughs> yeah no i mean it's kind of funny because i mean it is completely separate from like the art of making music itself and it makes me think of like bands like pre-internet obviously had like managers and publicists to like manage um their tours and and you know media and all that all that jazz and like you basically in like the current day you kind of need a manager to manage your social media like if you're going to be active enough to like actually get attention and be like constantly noticed online which you kind of have to do to make it these days you really need like i mean you referred to lackeys like you kind of need an army of people yeah, you gotta to be help constantly you posting constantly posting yeah and that's true of like most things these days to like have any attention at all. I hate it. You got to be really active. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I was just complaining uh, yesterday. I was like, if I don't send 20 emails in a day, I feel like I'm failing as an adult because there's so many people oh. always trying to get a hold of me. It's like, oh my God, like I don't have the bandwidth to do it all. That sounds like a lyric from one of your songs. Yeah. Maybe a future song. <laughs> Possibly. I'm uh I'm not one to I'm not one to try to write um too explicitly what's on my mind in the sense that even every lyric that you think is something that's explicitly on my mind it's probably not what the thought actually was. Um Yeah. So, and that may be a lyric in there but you won't be able to tell it. <laughs> okay. We'll keep it yeah. more cryptic than that. <laughs> so, um where do you think you are at in your musical abilities? I was thinking about this idea of like they always say like certain bands, especially like big classic bands that everybody knows, there's like a certain time that they're like in their prime. And then I thought that was kind of a weird idea to think of a musician like in their prime years. Um, do you think there is such a thing as like a prime of musical abilities? And where do you think you are at in your journey? Uh, I think there probably is a prime. I think that prime is probably prior, like pre-30s. Just because 30 is okay. a scary number. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, this is, it's become less with age, but like whenever I was younger, I used to like pretty much discount older bands. Like once they, once they like had a family and they were married and they had kids, I like didn't give a fuck. I was like, oh, you can't be relevant anymore. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I think you're probably going to make your best music when you're younger. Um, uh, but that's, it's not a hard and fast rule. Um, I don't know where I'm at on that because I never know how much more music I'll ever end up putting out. I don't know. Uh, yeah. 
I don't, I have no idea where I heard this, but I remember hearing it a while, like a, a long while back. I remember listening to some interview of some musician and they said, what a, what a great citation, some interview of some musician. But what they said was they all, oh yeah, I remember yeah, that one. They always tell themselves they're about to write their true masterpiece. Like the true thing they'll be remembered for. Like they're just on the cusp of writing it. Um, which is like not bad advice because I could get really hung up on liking something I did a while back and then like wanting everyone to hear that and like worrying that my next thing I'll put out, is not as good as the old thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's good just to go in with that really kind of naive optimism, but that optimism of like, I'm always about to do my best shit. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of need that. Yeah. If you're going to keep doing it. Yeah. It'd be kind of depressing otherwise. But yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. Um, It does seem like historically, like you said, people kind of make their best music in their like 20s. But then that's just such an interesting idea because I'm like, you've got the rest of your life to keep honing in your craft. Um, I think there's... there's, But it doesn't always... There's maybe something to that in the idea of like, that's so... If you're in your 20s, you're still clearly in your youth. And like, therefore, you're making music relatable to the youth um and people who are older generally are not going to be pursuing new music because they have you know a whole life to lead uh so there may be something to this idea of like it's only considered good because it's like consumed by the people who are also the same age so they will view it good i don't know there's a whole bunch of different yeah feedback loops in there like who knows why we only give a shit about musicians i mean there's also something to be said about like we only give a shit about musicians in their 20s because that's when they're still young and attractive (laughs) and yeah that's true and i mean there's also of course the whole thing of like we're attracted to the musicians who are like in the same generation as us oh yeah so like you know we'll our favorite bands now will well maybe not us because we're like into music but the general public like will stick with their favorite bands for like their whole life. Like whoever they listen to in high school and in their twenties, they'll still be listening to when they're 60 and 70 years old. Mm, to some degree. Yeah. I feel like that's true. But, I mean, yeah. I'm still doing I mean, that too. Like I still, every time I put on Weezer's Pinkerton, I'm still like fucking jamming. I'm like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. And I, yeah, don't mean that in a bad way at all. Um, more so just like um, I talk about with some people like, like the fear of like not being open to finding new music when they're um, when you're an older person, I guess. So I don't know. So, okay. I'll switch, switch gears. Okay, shoot. Um, what are your thoughts on the importance of a band name? Oh, uh, whoa. Okay. That's a, I don't know because like I kind of have hated most band names I've gone with. Um, Okay, that's why I asked you, because you've always had interesting ones. Uh, for those who don't know my, you know, previous work, um, <laughs> I was in a band called Walter Lewin's Dotted Lines. I thought that was a killer band name. Uh, it was a hard to Google band name because it was named after a meme, and the meme was mm-hmm. an MIT professor who drew fantastic dotted lines on a chalkboard. Uh. I thought it was a great band name. It was hard to Google because you just got the meme. The bigger problem was he was like sexually harassing students. Yes. Not cool. So no, uh, generally frowned upon by all. Yeah. 
So then we were like, <laughs> so that news came out and I was like, I got to change this band name. But I like lingered on it for months because I did not know a better band name. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I got This Is Napoleon off of a... So uh, Walter Lund's Dotted Lines was just me. Uh, and in the Facebook about page, I had included a history quote, which was... Uh, there was a quote about Napoleon's empire and uh, a general of Napoleon's was asked uh, like, what's the structure of Napoleon's government? And the general responded, there is no government. There's just Napoleon. Um, so <laughs> the about for Walter Lund's diet lines on Facebook was there is no band. There's just Napoleon. And that was always the about for Walter Lund's diet lines. And I needed a new, I, I needed it. a new band name. And I was trying to explain that quote to my friend while I was like shit drunk one time and it came out uh-huh. totally wrong. And I was like, there is no, uh, there is no government. This is Napoleon. And like, <laughs> I thought that was really funny while drunk. So yeah. I then messaged the band like, I have our new band name, like amped. Um, and so then we became, this is Napoleon. And the next day when I was sober, I instantly regretted it. <laughs> but like we, just stuck with it. Uh, and then I was in a band called this is Napoleon for a bit. Um, and I hated mm-hmm. that name. I thought it was a, honestly a, a setback. I think, uh, it was like weird, but not in a clever way. Um, I felt like I, some people, whenever we play shows, they'd be like, Oh, interesting band name. But I knew that was code for like, what the fuck? Like, um, mm-hmm. I think an interesting band name can go a long way if it's clever. Yes. And I felt like this is Napoleon was not clever. It's clever, just not in an obvious way to anyone yeah. else, unfortunately. Um, I mean, when you tell that story, I love it. And I, I mean, I was always a fan because I am a proponent of, of super weird names in general. And that is not true of the general public, but I, I'm like, for me, it's the weirder, the better. Um, but I will say I've always found that I'm just from based off observations. I feel like it's always kind of a negative side effect when you change names. Oh yeah, Um, definitely. So that's, I mean, and you didn't really have a choice though. So it was just kind of an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like we would have done, not that this means anything because Ivy means nothing, but like, it means everything, Robert. I feel like we would have done better in IV had we stayed with the same band name for all the time we were playing because uh-huh. we were only this is napoleon for seen like half of senior year and then post that mm-hmm. um so like any quote-unquote fans we had from the previous band name we were unrecognizable largely because they were drunk at parties and uh couldn't remember what we looked like and they probably couldn't even remember a band name but if they could remember something <laughs> they might remember the band name um, yeah so that, that name change probably set us back um well, as you alluded, the you know the crowds in Ivy aren't exactly easy to, you know, be remembered by in general. Oh, they don't give a fuck. So, like, probably most people listening to this will know what Ivy is, but yeah. do you want to explain what Ivy is to those who don't? Oh, Ivy is kind of just like a clusterfuck of, of like garbage and and really smart college kids, uh, like getting fucked up and and making art and going to parties. And um, obviously we all live there and study there and work really hard too and go to the beach and surf and 
Um, it's hard to describe in less than like a few paragraphs. I generally um, say it in like this sentence. I say it's 25,000 college kids all under the age of 25 with no adults. So I guess like two sentences or yeah. with, with it. No. So it's one sentence with weird punctuation. But uh, <laughs> yeah. You I can all, insinuate a lot from that. Yeah. Basically, it's like we should have had more supervision. <laughs> Uh, oh, but it was beautiful that we didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's always Ivy is great because you can buy a 48 rack for 20 bucks at Costco and then pack the house with like 200 people all trying to get 48 beers. But then they stay there because uh, there's free music and then there's always other alcohol to be found at a party. Um, mm-hmm. So like you could with minimal effort feel like a rock star and that's what's so captivating about iv to everyone like i knew whenever i was going through iv that like this is not the real world no no one outside of the real world gives a fuck about us making music here but mm-hmm. man it was fun man it was fun and it i was, yeah. definitely let myself like even while i told myself like i know this isn't the real world i did drink the kool-aid too much i was like yeah my band has a chance in the real world uh, so like Ivy has its good and bad for bands slash musicians because it's such an easy place to get started and like quote unquote, like hone your craft and get really tight, but it does you nothing for the real world and no one will remember you there. Um, <laughs> so it's always funny whenever I still see people yeah. who are like musicians in IV still trying to make it, uh, just because they were good in IV. It's like, that means nothing. No one remembers you. Yeah. Um, just the just the people who were there at the same time. Yeah, but even then, it's like only for a little while. Yeah, like I if don't, you were, I mean, if you were active, I guess. Yeah, but it was like what? It, in the scene. What does that mean? You were active in the scene. You were in another band, like <laughs> exactly. And that's and that's basically what I'm referring to. I'm like, I'll remember your band forever because I was also in a band. Yeah. Um, um, no, nope. there was like those 15 people that were at almost every show for everyone. You know. Yeah. So I don't know uh, what to say about IV and synopsis. I think it's. I think it's a a great place to to practice playing live. And it's a great it's a great incubator for like it's so many just youthful people who are idealistic and with free time and uh music equipment. It's great. Uh yeah. But I don't know what to say. It's not the real world. I think you've summarized it nicely. Yeah. I, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't really say it differently than you have, so Um, so we kind of touched on this earlier, but we kind of wrap up on this topic basically. And, and we mentioned it when you talked about your priorities, but basically I want to know, um, why you're still making music. Like what's the point of doing it? Uh, it's, it's for all those instances of that one dude who bought all my songs. Like it's for the random people who out there who stumble across it. Um, cause I'd be lying if I said it's 100% for me. It's, it's like, it's like 85% for me. Cause I, it makes me happy to do it. But like, there's a large part of it. That's also like, I want someone to hear these. Uh, it's a fun hobby. It's the other part. Like it's both those things. It's a fun hobby that like mm-hmm. keeps me sane and gives me something to do. That isn't like play video games and drink beer. It's like, Oh, I got another hobby. Um, yeah. And 
uh it's it's a way to like throw my ideas about the world into a void and then occasionally someone will be like that's a cool idea i'm like thanks like those are the two reasons i do it yeah that's awesome i mean i the whole point of doing this show is like i want to hear everyone's take on this and people are at different levels and have different opinions on like what the point of doing it is and i think in a way what you have just said is like equally as profound as somebody who says it's like my purpose in life you know which like um, awesome to them and like i definitely like i have friends who are still totally pursuing it like like it, yeah. it is their driving passion and it's it's what they hope will make them money and make them like satisfied in life um awesome i just am too cynical of a dude to pursue that because i know that like yeah. every every fucker with a guitar in his bedroom can now record what sounds like a pretty damn well-produced album. So it's like, I know that no yes. one really will care about what I'm doing in here, but awesome for them. Like, that's so cool that you have the drive to do that. Like good for them. Yeah. I mean, yes. And that, that's basically my point. And I'm saying good for you because you're also doing it and it's like different motivations, but the outcome, you know, is still something awesome. So I applaud you. Um, so, okay. Uh, we'll end on like kind of a fun one. Well, we'll almost end, but I also want to ask what you enjoy doing with your time besides music. I think I said it. I think drink beer and play video games. Uh, beautiful. Got the yeah. newest Zelda game link to the past. What, what? Nice. I am a craft beer connoisseur and that makes me sound so douchey and I don't care. What's your, uh, what's your favorite brew right now? Right, right before we started this, I killed a trumer. Trumer is my favorite light beer at the moment. Um, Trumer is a Australian, Australian, sorry, <laughs> Austrian, Austrian Pilsner. Yeah, it's an Same Austrian thing. Pilsner. They also <laughs> brew in Berkeley. Uh, super nice, crisp, clean finish. It's only like 4% alcohol, so you like don't feel it. It's pretty chill. Um, I'll say of of real beer beers, though, I'll say I'm a big fan of uh well i'll give a shout out to this i'll do this there's a my neighborhood brewery it's right up the street from where i live hoi poloi or he poli it as it would be in greek um it is a tiny microbrew that killer killer beers they're all proletariat themed <laughs> like i just drank a bernie the other <laughs> night um uh nice super good beer i'll i'll rep them sweet I, it sounds sounds good. I'd like to try someday. Come to North um, Oakland slash South Berkeley, which is where it's at. Yes. Cool. I'll have to try. Um, so where can people find you and listen to your music? I am on all the major streaming things that DistroKid put me on. <laughs> nice. Go DistroKid. Uh, it's what? Like Spotify, uh, Spotify, maybe Tidal, Apple Music, um, as well as... The indie favorite Bandcamp. I do not have a SoundCloud because fuck SoundCloud because every time I click on a SoundCloud link, it's like download the app. And I'm like, fuck no, SoundCloud. I'm not downloading your app. So I refuse to be on SoundCloud. <laughs> There's my soapbox. I, I'm with you. <laughs> SoundCloud usually just SoundCloud blows. Me. But Spotify, check that out. Bandcamp, check that out. If you use Title for some reason, check that out. If you use Title, I want to talk to you. So just yeah, like, shoot me a message. I have a lot of questions for you. Why is that your preferred? 
even Apple Music, I know I, I know some people have to use it, but like who? A couple, yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, uh, last thing. Um, can you do us the honor of recommending, you know, somebody else to be a future guest on this show? I'm going to recommend two people. Beautiful. Person. Uh, actually, I'm going to say Group A is my buddies at Twin Peak Sessions, not what they are musicians, they are in a band called Force Metaphor, but what they're most known for is Twin Peak Sessions, which is a live music session on YouTube and Instagram and most social media things. They pretty much about a year ago decided they wanted to be involved in the scene and then just started having bands play on top of their roof. Um, it's very illegal. It's kind of sketchy. It's super cool. It They produce really high quality videos and unlike everyone else in the bay area they are excited to have you anyone who wants to play their rooftop and get a video they want you to do it that's um, awesome. which is so refreshing in a bay area music scene that's like tries hard to exclude people so twin peak sessions would be phenomenal you would totally enjoy hearing their philosophy of why they're why they're talking or why, why they're just having bands on their roof yeah. So that's that's group A. Uh, I'm going to say person B, I recommend. My buddy Max Goldstein produced a ton of cool music under a bunch of different names. Um, his current project is The Haunts out of LA. Doing pretty, Ah, yes, doing yes. Pretty okay. cool. Doing pretty cool. That's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I listened to their uh, their newest release and it was it was sick. Proverbs was uh, my favorite track. Yeah, we played with um at a house show up here uh, a few months ago. I'm in talks with him. I think we're going to do a tour, Spurts the Haunts tour in January. Um, cool. Uh, Max has been in a ton of projects. Uh, the Sundays, Jack Kennedy. Yes. Uh, Max Collier, I think, is something like that, is his now new solo name, but also The Haunts. Um, he will have a super different approach to music than me, um, which is like awesome. It's awesome that he gives more shits than I do. Uh, but he would be a great person to talk to. Uh, he's uber talented, just phenomenal. Yeah. Yes. I remember seeing Sunday's play. Once or twice oh, yeah. in IV. They were um, great. And they were phenomenal. Like, I, I mean, my memories, if they served me right, they were just like one of my favorite shows ever was a Sunday's show. They were so fucking tight. Um, yeah, exactly. That was the thing. It was like they were way tighter than like everybody else. It was weird. Uh, they they still have a EP. They had a Sunday's EP. Uh, oh, yeah. Was- I listened to that still. Yeah, okay. I haven't listened to it in a few months, but I know I went back and listened to it not too long ago. And I was like, this is fucking tight. It holds up, dude. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Great song. Um, he had, um, I like title. Yeah. Max also had a thing under his own name that I don't know if he'd be happy that I'm saying this, but I dig it. It's just under Max Goldstein. It's probably hard as fuck to find. The album's called Weekend at the Witch Doctors. Um okay lyrically brilliant i recommend every song on there it's it's hilarious it's largely father john misty derived but it's very clever it's super well done i don't think he's proud of it because he doesn't promote it in any way but i'm gonna promote it for him i like it uh yeah those are those are my dudes awesome i look forward to reaching out to those guys and hopefully having some 
cool conversations. I will with shoot them. them a text and know um, that I name dropped them to you. <laughs> that that is my hope. I was gonna ask yeah. you to do it because um it just is like a more fun process if people are recommending people and i'm not just being a weirdo creeping around yeah. everybody um so i thank you um it's been fun it's been real i was happy to catch up with you I haven't talked in a while so um hope everything keeps going well for you will do hopefully <laughs> all righty adios later Someone's gonna have to solve